Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens, and he's Dave Mulvaney, and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how you doing today, Dave, buddy? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm out in uh, Colorado, kind of uh, out west for, for a week in the summer. Nice time to be in Colorado. Nice time to be in Colorado. Can't 45 ski. to 75. No, no skiing. You're doing hiking and biking and uh, uh, that kind of stuff, just outdoorsy kind of stuff. Great. We've been in Boulder. We're going to uh, Winter Park. We're going to a place called Grand Lakes, another place called Granby. So all these places are a little north of Denver. Um, nice. Just fun. Yeah, I've got one of my daughters out here working here this summer. So made it into a family trip. All right, cool. All right, episode 131. We got a lead generation scorecard. So it's a lead generation scorecard. You can grade yourself. We call it 10 ways your lead generation is growing or slowing your business. So you're going to grade yourself on a scale of one to five on each one of these 10 questions, 10 different questions. And um, you can see how your lead generation, where your weak spots are, where your strengths are, and what you need to work on. And we'll just talk about each one of those. So sound good? It's perfect. Perfect. All right. I got number one. It says, how would you rate your ability to generate leads, right? That's not something we hear all the time from small business owners. And, you know, I think the uh, being that that's the first one, a lot of times these, by the way, uh, the reason you want to grade these is because you want trackability in your business. And if you don't, if you can't determine like, number one, how to rate your ability, how do you rate your ability to generate leads? If you can't determine that, you're probably not very good at it. So <laughs> that's right. So you give yourself a one, right? On a scale of one to five is each one of these questions. One to five. If you're really good at generating leads, you got more leads than you could possibly handle. That's a five, right? If you have no idea what you're doing, if you're sitting around twiddling your thumbs, you know, it's kind of a one. And or, if somewhere in between. or if you're branding, what people call branding is so, oh, I run ads all the time. Well, how do they, how well, well do they work? I don't know. Well, that's different. That'll be down, further down. I think that's question three or four. All right, so yeah, so question how well do you feel about your advertising? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, number two, how, how close are you to selecting a specific niche? We talk about this all the time. Do you have a specific niche established and that's you're going after, that's your target market? Then you would give yourself a five. If you'll take anybody who can breathe, that's a one, right? Precisely. And, and it doesn't matter what market you're in. If you're not selecting a specific niche, then... If you sell to everyone, you sell to no one. That's that's right. the old adage. Uh, it, it costs too much to acquire everyone as your customer. What do I mean by it costs too much to acquire everyone as your customer? You'll have customers that you don't like. You'll have customers that won't like your price. And you'll constantly be chasing your tail. You want customers that know, like, and trust you. And, and that you love doing business with them as well. So that's why you right. pick a niche. So. Well, that's a great point. We've talked about that before. If you're already in business and you've been around for a while, you might have a niche already in your book of business. So we call it, remember the 80-20 rule, that there's probably 80% of your revenue comes from your top 20% of your clients, right? So that's probably a niche in and of itself. So you could go back through your own client list, your own business and say, where did my business come from this past year? And perhaps my guarantee is there's probably a niche already in there. You, you just don't know it, Right. So that's the one thing we was the first thing we recommend everybody go back and look where their sales came from the last year or two years. All right, here's question number three. How well do you feel that you understand advertising? Right? That's what you're getting at earlier. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, if what a lot of times people will advertise and the advertises advertising isn't working. And when it's not working, what they'll say is, well, we're just branding. 
Uh, branding is a fancy way of saying that we're trying to pretend we're Budweiser. Um, you're, you're not Budweiser and, and you don't have the budget that they have either. Uh, and so if you, to understand your advertising, you should have a metric. I spend $1,000, how much profit comes in from me spending that $1,000 on advertising? And that's how well you grade yourself. If you don't know, then you should probably grade yourself fairly low. The, the positive is if you are advertising, just some minor tweaks in your message, which we'll get to that a little more later, but um, just some minor tweaks can really improve your metrics on your advertising. So um, the fact that you are advertising is great because there's an old expression that uh, those who don't advertise in their business always advertise are going out of business sale. So advertising is important in every business. Oh. All right, am I missing? Am I, am I moving? I feel like you're breaking up. That might be me on my end. I was breaking up on my end. If you can hear me now, great. Yeah. If not, um, you can. Oh, you're good. You're good. You're perfect. All right. So number, so you're exactly right on the advertising. What you're saying is basically, are you advertising? Or are you getting a result and try to measure that result, right? And make sure that you know what you're doing. We talked to a, a dentist right now in Florida. He's doing a 30 minute TV ad uh, five days a week, right? An infomercial, for lack of a better term. We're measuring the results. How good are they? And like you were saying, is there a way to tweak it to make it better? Which goes into, I guarantee you there is. Question number five, uh, four, how powerful is your unique selling proposition, right? We talk about that as your million dollar message. What is it? Why do people work with you when it absolutely positively has to be there overnight, right? That's FedEx's unique selling proposition. That's their million dollar message. Sure. So you have a good one. And going back, kind of pairing these two together, the, the advertising and the unique selling proposition, so let's say you're running ads, like the dentist running ads, um, you know, on television. Well, how do you measure that? Well, I'm going to use my pillow as an example. If you always notice every commercial he runs, he's always got a promo code. That promo code tells him what advertising is working because that promo code offers a discount or what have you. Sometimes there's a unique um, URL address, you know, website address. And that's how you, you, you install trackability into radio, television, those type of ads. So trackability is important. Yeah, and that's good. I, well, that's going to be on question number five, but hold on one second. So come back to your unique selling proposition. So it might be that you're running ads that are more like branding. And instead, if you had a, an irresistible million dollar message, absolutely positively has to be there over the night, that might make the results better. Uh, so again, scale of one to five. So number five was how do you rate uh, your current offers ability to compel your prospects to buy from you. So we talk about an irresistible offer. Do you have an irresistible offer? Scale of one to five. And you're exactly right. It could be as you're measuring these advertisements, what is the irresistible offer that's working better? Or what offer is working better to bring in your clients, to bring in your prospects, to bring in your leads? So number five is how would you rate your current offers ability? Do you have a good offer? Do you have an irresistible offer? Is it, is it a no brainer for them to do business with? And you want to make it as easy as possible. And that it is part of the offer. And by the way, the offer is something, depending on your business, if you've got an offer that's working, um, you tweak that offer and measure. And, and then if it starts going down, you go back to the original offer. Um, you, you know, a lot of times people have an offer that works for years and they don't change. Uh, you know, I think about Billy Mays and the... Uh, um, you know, the OxyClean or whatever it's called. Right. I mean, right. that ad ran for years. Well, why did it run for years? Because it was working. 
And you know, when um, if you want to know when you when you go to Facebook's ad lab library, if you want to know if something's working, search a term and watch how long some of the Facebook ads are running. If they've been running for a year, that tells you that ad is working, and then you can model it, model their offer, if you will. Um, this is extra. This has nothing to do with the uh, with the conversation today, but um, you know, the reality is you 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 want an offer that works, and you want to keep tweaking it. No, you're exactly right. Gets into number six, uh, rate your promotion you offer that encourages sales. So, so what are you offering? Most of our guys just offer a discount, right? They don't really have a lot of creativity. Hey, 10%, 20% off, right? So how effective is that promotion at bringing and generating business? What's your best offer? We've talked about this before. I think it was a podcast last week or the week before, which was what's the best marketing you did last year, right? And let's do that again. Do more of it. Frank so, so what has yeah, been your, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, Frank Kern says that's what he does before you come into one of his meetings is, hey, what'd you do last year? What worked? And let's do more of it, right? So so what's a good promotion? How well are your promotions working? What's the best one you've run in a year, two years, maybe ever? What's the best promotion you ever, ever? And unfortunately, a lot of these guys, it's just discounting. And, and we've talked about that in the past, how discounting kills businesses. Um, but a lot of times that's all they have. So you need other strategies. Do you know, it's funny this on this step right here, um, how, you know, how would you rate your current offers ability to compel prospects to buy from you? In, in a lot of companies, um, they have one time, like in a period where they hit really, really a great home run and it changes their company forever. And it's just one offer and it might go for five years. I mean, we had that happen um, in our, uh, in a, our manufacturing company. We had this probably seven or eight year window off of one lead magnet that continued to bring leads and leads and leads and leads and leads year after year. And it continued to work until it slowed down. We continue to run ads to that one offer. So when you get an offer, that's why, that's why we're asked. These are, these are questions to ask yourself because if you're rating this low, it, it's not to get discouraged. It's to say, where do I need to tweak in yeah. my lead generation? So to improve my business. So. Yeah, exactly right. It's funny you talk about that. So, so Dean Jackson, we talk about him and his podcast, I Love Marketing and uh, all his other ones. He had one that he talks about, one of his lead magnets that he, that he did for a divorce attorney. I think the guy was in Texas that they've been running for like 15 years. And it's uh, how to stop your divorce. And so the idea is, it's, you know, how to stop your divorce uh, gets you to raise your hand because obviously you're about to go through a divorce and it gives you, you know, I don't know five ways to stop your divorce, 10 ways to stop your divorce. But then at the end, it says, and then if you can't stop your divorce, call me. Call me. Right? So, yeah, so it's the divorce attorney telling you how to stop your divorce. But then if he's, you know, remember we talked about that in the past about the, the buying decision, you're helping them evaluate their options. And, when, and when, you know, if it doesn't work, if the marriage isn't going to work, then call me to help you with the divorce. <laughs> yeah, anyway, they've been running that thing apparently 15 years or something. The offer that just came to my mind when you were talking about that, I was thinking of like how to save $10,000 in your divorce. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the way to do that is not to have a divorce. <laughs> you know, save, save more, but uh, that, that anyway, so that's a compelling offer. Um, that's pretty good. All right, we were on, uh, sorry, now we're back to number seven. Uh, how successful are you in using direct mail to generate business? So we've talked about direct mail. We, even, we like it better, we're more like direct response. How good are you using direct response? Or are you doing the branding like you were talking about? Hey, we're we're locally owned and we've been here forever and, and, and we do the right thing. That's general branding. That's not a direct offer 
a compelling offer, right? I will say though, in, in, the, uh, in the real estate business, uh, direct mail is still probably um, rates very high for, for markets like today where the market is outrageous, outrageous. Well, for investors and uh, real estate agents, finding people is very complex. So the only, sometimes the only way to get to clients is actually through direct mail. Because it used to be, you'd get a stack of mail like this. Well, the mail stacks have gone way down. So getting somebody to open a, a piece of mail is actually probably easier than getting somebody to open an email right now. So probably right. So, so tell us how you use direct mail, I think, in your real estate business. Um, we, we did. We, we would search, um, well, we search for vacant houses. And then when we right. find them, we, we mail to the address. Of course, we know most of those places, or, but we also did research to find out is it an absentee owner? Those type of things. Now I'm giving away really good real estate information. Okay, don't give away too much. I'm no, sorry. no, no, it's fine. It. I, I don't care um, because the reality is, um, when you find the absentee owner, and many times they want to sell, they just haven't got around to it yet, right, and the right. place has been vacant for months and months. It's just costing them money. So those are the type of sellers that that many investors would want to find. The problem is the only way you're going to reach them is actually through direct mail because you, you can't find them. You can't look them up by phone number. And a lot of those people hide in a trust as well. So you have to mail to the trust. Um, we were trying to find a piece of land here uh, not too long ago. And I think it was about the third or fourth mail piece when we finally got a response. So you can't oh, just wow. mail, once yeah. again using, uh, using direct mail uh, to reach um, a specific audience. That's a good one. So you know, I'd rate you a I'd rate you a five on that, by the way. There you <laughs> go. Really good. So we did skip. How would you rate promotions? Uh, you, you no, no, we did that. One. How great promotions you offer to encourage sales? I thought okay. we did that was number six. Number seven, how successful you and using direct mail. We just talk about that. Number eight, this is really this is really fun because guys look at you with a, a blank stare. Uh, uh, how would you rate your effectiveness of your affiliate or joint venture program? And so uh, I, I talked to somebody the other day, and they're like, "What's a joint venture?" Well, what's an what's an affiliate program? <laughs> Just a blank. I don't even know what you're talking about. I never thought about that. And you and I talk about that's one of the best ways to generate business, right? Your joint venture or an affiliate program is somebody who has a complementary service to your business, right? And so, and how can you team up with them to generate more business for both, right? Cross refer to each other, right? And so, rate yourself on a scale of one to five. I think the guy that didn't even know what a joint venture was would probably rate a zero, right? <laughs> But we see this all the time, like if you work in a strip center and let's say you're a hairdresser and next door is a, I don't know, a nail salon, right? That'd be a great joint venture partner where you could refer your hair style people to do the finger, you know, the, the, the manicure and the manicure pedicure people could refer you to the hairdresser and y'all could come up with little special days or special L lashes, offers. eyebrows, you name it, all that stuff that goes along with, with you know, I mean, those are affiliate or, or joint ventures. And it doesn't, doesn't always mean, see, I think the misinterpretation sometimes is that there has to be a transfer of like, oh, I, I give you a referral, you got to give me money. Not always. I, I mean, I've, I've often talked about my insurance agent who refers people all the time. Right. He never gets remuneration. He just, he keeps referring people, but he's the go-to guy. If you need, yeah. like, if you need to know somebody, he's the guy you call, hey, Omar, do you know anybody in this business? And, and, and he always does. And that's the point is, where do, where do I go for my insurance? Of course, I go to him. But he knows everybody. And he knows when I say, I mean, that's 
Why does he know everybody? Because his practice has grown and he's got a reputation of being an affiliate or a joint venture, even though he doesn't have his hands in the till all the time. So, right. you know, and that's you exactly right. And that guy's like the mayor. Like I call those kind of people the mayor, right? The guy that knows everybody's like the mayor. And so his strategy for business growth is joint ventures, his affiliation, his referrals, is I know a guy, right? And when you know a guy and, and you know everybody in town, that generates business. That's a strategy. That's a great lead generation strategy. So and, we talked about him before. And the uh, and it's you know there are organizations that are set up just on this premise. Okay, you've got the uh, you got like BNI, um, you've got the Chamber of Commerce. All of those are set up on a referral type platform. Oh, well, that's number eight. That's no, I'm sorry. I, I that's know, number but, nine. But but <laughs> but the, the reason I'm bringing that up is that what ends up happening is in many of those organizations is joint ventures occur. At those, yes. I mean, I know we're going to have we're going to talk yes. about referrals, um, and but um, but this is you know this is where joint ventures can occur sometimes. So if you're not good at joint ventures, join a group, a referral group, and then you can also uh, partner with others. Right. So and that and that's exactly right. So number nine is effectiveness of your referral system, your referral program, uh, and that can be from existing clients. That can be from like we talked about fellow business people as, as a BNI, how effective is your referral system, referral program? And a lot of times when you bring that up, uh, most most uh, business owners, you know, what referral program, what, what referral system? You mean you can systematically orchestrate referrals? And the answer is yes, right? That, that would be a five, that I have a, a great referral system, I have a great referral process. Um, one is I just wait for the fat phone to ring. I call it. The, I used to work with somebody called with the bat phone. They wait I used, for the yeah, phone. We got a bat phone too. Um, you know what the bat phone was, by the way? The bat phone was a back when uh, we used to run uh, Bell South advertising um, in the yellow pages. It ran a full page ad. We had a different phone number um, for the full page ad. We called that the bat oh. phone because it, it it rang on a different phone in the building back when you hit when you even though you had different lines you had different phones for answering the lines that was a while ago I'm dating myself but but the point is we called that the bat phone when it rang because it was we knew that was new business coming in uh, right. from from right. an ad, targeted advertising but also referrals one of the things that always comes to mind is when when somebody doesn't have when they say well I don't get many referrals I ask well how many referrals do you give it's almost 100% of the time they're not a big referral giver. That's why they don't get many referrals. The more you That's get, awesome. the, the more you get in that area, for sure. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, we're going to come back. So number 10, what's the effectiveness of your sales letter? You know, we talk about you. You do a lot of copywriting. And what's the effectiveness of your sales letter? How effective are you when you send out an email, when you send out direct mail, when you send out, or, you know, you know these sales letters are really also your scripts talk to prospects, your unique selling proposition, your, your irresistible offer. It kind of wraps it all up when you put it in a script or you put it in a letter, how effective is your sales letter? And again, a lot of guys that we talk to, you know, what sales letter? <laughs> I, just, I just go off the cuff. And if, you, if you're not, I mean, I'm going to simplify here, but I mean, we talked about this very thing last week. Um, tell a story about how you came to your product solution, whatever you do, tell a story about that. Um, people love stories and they'll remember stories. If, if you've ever seen a public speaker um, who, uh, who tells a lot of stories, people will remember the stories. Sometimes they won't even remember the speaker. So uh, tell a story. And then we talked about, then, then you show the strategy. This, hey, this is what you can, your lawn can look great because we do this, 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 and this. And then what are the, because we do this, this, and this are the tactics. Your lawn can look great. That's the strategy, right? And then because we do 
tactics. And, and so you lay that out and then, and then give people um, a testimony, which is great case study type thing, um, and then an offer. So, I mean, that's all you have to do to create a really good sales letter in your, I say really good sales letter. There are, I mean, I'm a professional copywriter, but I don't typically write too much for others. I write for my own offers or for my clients with, and I'm coaching clients. But um, that's the point is you should be able to take what you do. Nobody cares about how many vans you have on the road or how many years you've been in business. They might care how many years you've been in business if the story of how you got to where you are is compelling enough to listen to. That's, that's why the story is so important. I think, that, I think that's a great point. And we've talked about, so these are 10 lead generation scorecards, 10 ways that your lead generation is growing or slowing your business. And, and as we've talked about, you know, you're going to rate yourself on a scale of one to five, right? Five means you do a really great job of it. One means, you know, you need work. Heck, three or four needs work, right? But it also helps you target what areas that you need improvement on. But as you talked about, you know, halfway through this discussion, which, which I want to circle back to, which was, you know, your business can be built on just one or two of these concepts right? Go back to your Omar guy, right? He would be the referral guy, the networking guy, the joint venture guy. Like his whole business is based off of that, right? You have, um, I've got a business owner and his whole business is built off, you know, community involvement, right? So, so he's joined the chamber of commerce and he does all this charity stuff and he's just active in the community. But again, he knows everybody and everything. Again, I call it the mayor strategy, where I know everybody and I got a guy and everybody knows me and, and that generates business, right? That generates referrals, it generates activity, people's coming to your store or coming to you looking for advice or for help. So you can build your business out of any one of these tens or two or three out of these 10 questions. Um, this is just a great way that, that we try to delve deeper into what are your strengths or weaknesses when it comes to lead generation? Where, what's working, what's not working, what areas need improvement? And you got to, like you talked about, you got to have a scorecard. You got to have a way to measure, right? So if you go through this whole thing and you, you know, if you gave yourself a five on everything, you'd have 50 points. Great, 50 points, you're awesome. Keep up the good work. But if you don't, if you, if you have, you know, you had a bunch of ones, right? A bunch of threes. Those are the areas that, that you need help on, that you need um, improvement on. That's areas that are not working, right? What's working, what's not working, what's brainstorm ideas for improvement. And, and, and that's the idea. I was going to say, um, you know, and don't get overwhelmed with a checklist like this. You might have a couple of threes that if you just brought two of them to fives, yeah. you know, you don't necessarily have to bring the whole list. Like you said, you can be really good in one area, but um, all marketing should be tweaked uh, slowly and carefully, meaning it should be it shouldn't just be random. When I say slowly, it slowly could be in a matter of days or weeks or months. It doesn't that, but if you need leads now, don't try to do all 10. That's where that's where overwhelm steps in. Grade yourself, know where you're doing well. What's working now? Okay, I'm doing these couple of things well. Maybe I can just improve a little in these and really do well. Uh, because if you're doing really well, you're probably not looking for a scorecard on getting leads. You're probably <laughs> looking at you probably want a scorecard on how well you're doing. Uh, attracting employees because right now that's a big problem and maybe we'll talk about that next week is you know uh, how, how you you know how are you at attracting employees to your business this is a big struggle that a lot of employers are having right now I can't get people to work everywhere you go there's help wanted signs everywhere you go 
Well, why is that? Well, we we know why that is, but um, I mean, it's because sidetrack. That's a different issue. We're going back to a different issue, but maybe we'll talk about that. But so, if you already have the leads, you you, you might be looking in different areas. No, and, and and it's a great point. Like I said, you know, you could build a business off one, two, or three of these, and, and really they're they're all related. We talk about the fundamentals all the time, right? Do you know your target market? Do you know your niche, right? Who are you going after? Who's your ideal client? What's your unique selling proposition, your million dollar message, right? Those are connected because that will resonate really well with your niche, right? What's your irresistible offer? What can make it be a no brainer? I mean, absolutely positively has to be there overnight. You know, uh, Domino's hot and fresh in 30 minutes guaranteed, used to, right? That, that these things tie together as well. So these lead generation, and we talked about that, you know, if you have a unique selling proposition, irresistible offer, that makes your advertising more effective, right? How effective is your advertising? How, measure, how much measuring are you doing? Right, but I'll wrap this up. So we call this lead generation scorecard. Uh, Ten ways uh, your lead generation is growing or slowing your business. Um, this is the kind of stuff we talk about in our mastermind group, right? This is what we do, and we talk about. And this is just one of the steps, right? We talk about lead generation is one, and conversions, and and more transactions. We have a whole formula to this, but we just wanted to give this out here. And I guess we could create this into a PDF and maybe make it available on the website or email us and we can send you a copy of these 10 questions so you can rate yourself on. Um, but it's just a great way to say, you know, what's working, what isn't working on lead generation, let's brainstorm ideas, how to improve it. And that's literally what we do in our mastermind group, right? And so if you're interested in our mastermind group, it's Matt at ProfitabilityMD.com, Dave at ProfitabilityMD.com. But, but just use this lead generation tool as a great way to start. This is what we use with our clients, with our coaching clients on, on a way to start. How's our lead generation working? Um, our irresistible offer right now, we've talked about that many times, is we could find any business owner, $50,000, $75,000, dollars in their business without spending a dollar more on advertising or marketing. That's our irresistible offer, going after our target market, business owners who are trying to make a million dollars a year or reach a million dollars a year, right? That's our target market. That's who we're helping to identify. That's our irresistible offer. That's our unique selling proposition. That's our no-brainer. Why wouldn't I want to try to find dollars $100,000 in business, right? Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff we do. So uh, Matt at ProfitabilityMD.com. If you want to schedule a profit acceleration session, Dave at ProfitabilityMD.com. You can find us on uh, the, our YouTube channel, ProfitabilityMD. Uh, you have our website, ProfitabilityMD.com. And of course, this podcast is available where all the podcasts are. But this is great. We're, I think we're going to do more of this. I like these little scorecards. It's a way to grade yourself on your lead generation in different areas of the business. Because as Dave was saying, if you're not measuring it, how are you going to improve it? Precisely. Great show, Matt. We'll see you. All right, Dave. Appreciate it, buddy. See you. Bye.